a lot of times we say, well, we're all, we're all wanting to know God. We're all trying to reach the same God. But that's really where the message of the Bible is unique because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So that a lot of folks, uh, they look at that like we're being exclusionary when we say Jesus only. But the truth is, he is the only way to have a relationship with the Father. Like Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man shall enter in, he shall be saved. Today, my guest is Pastor Etzel Bone. He is a 40 plus years pastor and teacher in the local church in different states in the USA. And today he's joining us to talk about our personal relationship with Christ, what that looks like and what that means to us and what is the importance of building that relationship. Welcome to Out of the Darkness with Ruth Hofsepian, and I thank you, Pastor Etzel, for being here today and sharing your knowledge with me and with my listeners, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. So welcome. Good to be here. Good to be here. Appreciate you asking. Well, it is my pleasure. I, I've had the privilege of reading some of your, uh, your devotions and actually 90 days worth of devotions. And it, it has been a, a privilege to, to hear your voice through your, your first book. And I truly recommend everyone, um, to, to, uh, pick up a copy of your book, and I'll have all of that information in the show notes. So if, if anyone is interested, they can they can go and purchase that. But I, I really would love to talk about today is our personal relationship with Christ. What does that mean? And what does that look like um, in the, the day-to-day lives that we lead? What does it really mean? entail for us to get into a relationship with Christ and to, uh, I don't understand that because I've always believed in setting an example for my children. I have not been very good at it in, in, at times in my life. Uh, therefore, I take on that cloak of responsibility for my children in that way as well. I know that as adults, they, they need to come to the Lord on, on their own. It doesn't matter if mom has been there. But what have you seen over the last 40 plus years ministering, you know, to different churches, to different communities? What is your experience with that, with, with children who don't have an example in their own home? What is the effects of that on them? Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought that up. That's, uh, I was also in a generation where, uh, I, Judy and I both were blessed to be, uh, having parents that loved us, that cared about our direction. Uh, both of my parents were believers. So my culture was church. Mm. 
And so it could be said that, uh, you know, I sort of had boundaries. <laughs> right. But, you know, that, that's what parenting is. It's God, uh, I think, established the whole nuclear family concept so that there would be yeah. social boundaries. And it's hard for us as parents to to think, you know, well, why do I have to be the bad guy? Why do I have to be the one to say no? And, but you know, real, real love, whether it's parents or whatever, real love is not always caving in and, you know, giving a child everything they think they want because they're a child. Yeah. Real love is giving guidance and correction and direction. So uh, we've tried to do that in our uh, family. We have two children. They're grown and produce nine grandchildren and two great grandchildren so far got uh, more on the way, I hope. But uh, it's no guarantee if you, I, I know a lot of times we, we quote Solomon when he wrote in Proverbs, train up a child in the way which he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's a proverb. That's a principle. It's not a mm. promise that every parent that you take your child to church and automatically they will be a, a true believer. They'll never stray from that. Uh, we raised both of our children exactly the same <laughs> in the same environment in church every Sunday, all of that. But each of them had to make their own adult right. choices. And so a lot of it has to do with, uh, who they choose as their friends, who are their relationships. So I would say to, to parents, the greatest impact we can have is, like you said, live faithfully in your own life, because it really doesn't matter what you say. It's what you do. They, they can't, they can't hear what you say for what they see in what you do. Yeah. So that's the, the first advice to parents, to my own self and to others. But, you know, the culture has changed. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, there are this whole idea of the fathers uh, not being spiritual leaders. That's one of the messages in the New Testament, particularly, is how important it is for that male figure to be a leader. Uh, I can't quote all the specific statistics, but for years I've heard it said and seen it proven out that when the father is actually involved in not just sending, but going and taking his own family, his own children to church, upward of 80% of those children will go into adulthood serving the Lord, faithful in church at some level. And when you take the father out, even when you have a mother that's taking those children, it sort of short circuits that plan that God has for the family. So I guess if I were, if I were Satan and I wanted to unravel the plan of God, I don't think I would start with the government. I think I'd start with the family. And I think that's what he does. And and we're seeing this, you know, in the demise of our 
the environment, our social environment around us, you know, the fabric of it, where families are being torn apart by different situations, you know, women being encouraged to have children as single mothers, because they can do everything. And as a single mother of three children, I I say this with every ounce of my being, a single parenthood does not work. You need the nucleus of a father and a mother in the home. It does not work. You know, as, as, as much and as hard as we work, you know, as a single parent, it doesn't work. It's not what the Lord wanted from us. And yes, there are situations I totally understand, you know, widowhood and, and you know, there's so many different areas, but when we are talking about intentionally setting out to be a single parent or divorcing and raising those children, there are the after effects. My children are grown adults, married, you know, raising, you know, hopefully one day raising families of their own. And to this day, I see the after effects of a divorce on my children, you know, as, as well rounded as people thought and as well adapted as people thought my children were, because they were very young when we separated and got divorced. There is the, the fallout from that. And we see that. And, and I agree with you, pastor, that we need to pray, you know, we need to set an example for our children and there is a time and place where they become adults. And what all we can do for them is to pray over them and the generational prayer on our children. And I am in that time in my life right now, in that season of praying for my children and praying over them and, and my children in love and just praying on them. Because I know that no matter what I say, no matter what I do, it is not as good as what the Lord puts into their heart and the Holy Spirit sets on them. Let's let's talk a little bit about once we are in a personal relationship with Christ, what are some of the fundamental things that develop those that relationship and strengthens it? Because as you said, you and your wife over time have gotten closer, have become best friends. And uh, I see my relationship with, with, with Christ evolving over the years. When I was a child at 12, I made a decision to follow Christ. But I now realize looking back, I was really living the faith of my parents and, and those around me. It was not a personal relationship or a personal understanding of that relationship. But today at a very, you know, going through the cycle of life and making my own decisions, as you so nicely put it, you know, um, I'm, I'm at a place where I am building this relationship. I am feeding into this relationship. And I truly believe it is through intentional reading of scripture, intentional prayer, and intentionally giving back. And I use intentional because throughout the day, we, we should be constantly in communion and constantly doing things. But 
I personally have felt growth come in when I did it intentionally. I set aside time for prayer and I set aside time for listening to what the Lord is saying through scripture reading. What is your advice to us today, you know, to build that personal relationship with Christ once we've made that commitment to him? Well, what you said is your own testimony is what would be my mm. testimony too. Uh, I think maybe the word is intentionality. Mm. <laughs> you, you have to determine, you know, the Bible calls believers disciples. And that's mm. just a word that we get disciplined from. None of us uh, uh, gravitate toward doing everything on time, the right way. You know, we're, we're human. And I think that's some, sometimes that the image of Christianity is that, uh, you know, it's somehow on another level that's almost unattainable. Mm. But the truth is, uh, you know, just like church, you know, why go to church? Uh, well, why, why go to the doctor? Why go? Yeah. Here, there, there's a reason behind it. It's not like you said. You know, you sort of lived your parents' faith. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, just like me, I, I sort of, uh, for instance, I didn't have an income until I was like sixteen, seventeen years old, working in a shoe store. So I couldn't tithe. I couldn't give out of my own income. But my dad uh, was a committed Christian, so he would take his income, and with us three children, he would give us each a dollar. We would right. put it in a little offering envelope. And, and it could be said that we didn't give, but but they were training us, you know, right. in a discipline. And so, you know, when I got married and uh, we had to make our own decisions, some things were sort of ingrained in our life. I didn't have to sort of go into a crisis of conscience, should my income include supporting the kingdom of God and all, because it was my culture. So clearly it's going to be harder for those that didn't have that yeah. upbringing. But for every one of us, you know, it can be everything from uh, uh, trying to be a like a runner. Uh, there's a discipline involved. You don't just get up one day and run a marathon. You've got to invest in that. You've got to start small. And it's the same way in your, your Christian life. You know, if I, I want to be faithful to the Lord, well, you won't be faithful in the, the big crises of time if you, if you don't start right where you are. And, uh, I think one of the biggest dangers is comparing ourselves with one another. Uh, we usually will measure ourselves below. They, oh, mm. if only I had that, if I only had that spouse, or if I only lived in that city instead of this city. To me, the, the Christian life is just starting right where you are. Uh, don't try to look too far down the road and just today. In fact, the, these book of uh, devotions that I wrote, that was really, I wanted to write all these years, but never had the, the time. 
And so now when I retired, I'm still preaching, but by doing the devotions, it kind of went back to what made my Christian life click. Uh, for me, it was, uh, I, I wasn't perfect in being able to have a daily quiet time every day. There were periods of time that I was very good at that, but we're human and, and we get sidetracked and distracted. So it's like you said, uh, it's like when the apostle Paul said, pray, without ceasing. Nobody can literally pray without ceasing, but there's a God consciousness that that we enter into. And it's just like even here, when you were talking about your children, I have my son and my daughter are in my mind, and I'm aware that they've mm. made choices. It's affected their life. Now they're shaping their children. And I'm, I'm, subconsciously even praying for them. So it's it's never ending. If you if you were to ask me what what would I say do right now, I would say uh go to the Bible. And uh I would get a good if you're if you're English speaking, I would get a good modern English translation of the Bible, something like the ESV or the uh, New American Standard. Uh, these are very accurate translations, but very modern English. And I would get a plan. Uh, one of the best things I did was start in Genesis and Matthew and read about a chapter or so a day, Old Testament, New Testament. But there's a million different ways yeah. to do it. Uh, but using a devotional is not a substitute for reading your Bible. Yeah. So, you know, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. So I, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you brought that up because that has been a bit of a, you know, I, I hear different things, you know, in, in the last year of, you know, doing the podcast, I've heard different comments and different questions come up, um, about it. And, you know, people telling me, well, you know, uh, I, I do my devotions, you know, uh, every day. And I, I came, this is when I came to realize that just doing devotions is mm -hmm. not enough. And we really need to encourage one another. And I also love the fact that you said, don't compare yourself to, to others because we all have a different way of doing things and a different rhythm. And we're in different seasons and, you know, like busy moms with newborn children or, you know, two, three young children, you know, I give the, you know, I say, give these mothers grace during the season that they are in. They will find their own schedule and their own rhythm, you know, to, to do their, their, the reading of scripture and their prayer time. So, you know, I've, I've spoken to young mothers that say, I'm struggling. I don't, you know, I feel like I'm not doing what the Lord expects from me, but I think the Lord knows our hearts and I'm in agreement with you. Devotionals are great. You know, the, those are great. You know, devotion books are great to have, but it doesn't replace that time of, you know, studying this and reading the scriptures for yourself. 
yeah, it's 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 interesting how we have so much information. We're in that time, in that age of information overload, and yet we struggle to find out what really what the Lord really is expecting from us. And even you know the you said you know get a version of the Bible that will resonate with you or you will you will understand you know ESV for example and i know people <laughs> pastor Etzel, i've heard this for a long time um if you're not doing king james you're not reading the word of god if you're not reading this you are not you know reading the word of god correctly and i think that this is what sort of it becomes a stumbling block you know that that pushes people away from what we're encouraging them to do you know pick up your bible read your bible you know uh allow the holy spirit to speak to you allow the word of god to speak to you and you know that this is this is my motivation for what i do is to encourage people to pick up the word of God for themselves and to know it so that if Ruth says something that is incorrect or goes against the mm-hmm. teachings of the mm-hmm. Lord, that they will have that discernment to know that it's wrong. Or right. someone that they, you know, we have, as I said, we're bombarded with all this technology and all this information, you know, from different churches and different church leaders and, uh, Everybody's out there with a message, and I think we need that discernment um, yeah. to be right. able to know what is there. Pastor Etzel, what can you leave us with? You know, one advice, one encouragement, whatever the Lord is putting into your heart um, as we close out this episode. What is it that you would like to tell us? Well, what what you were saying there about the importance of the of the bible i didn't get into the aspect of like attending church and mm. you know that that's part of it because sometimes i think we uh we count a little too much on our ability to to have a relationship with the lord in private and uh one of the things the scripture teaches it's very important that we not try to be solo uh, yeah. constantly we're being reminded to encourage one another. Bible teaches that we've been given when we're born again, receive Jesus, we receive spiritual gifts. And they're, they're not for our personal use. They are to build up other believers. And if we live solo yeah. and we're out here on our own, uh, I think we become almost cynical because of things like you said there's there's this little small group that believes the king james only for instance yeah. and it's a very very small group that says that and uh, and yet it can be very loud you know uh that's just one aspect but people have been burned by uh televangelists uh certain ministries leaders that have fallen uh, but it's just a reminder that Satan targets that which is aiding the kingdom of God. So uh, that really is kind of what was behind 
me coming to that title of those devotions that I did to start with, reset your spiritual compass. You know, a compass uh, can be affected. All of us have been made in God's image. We have a conscience, a, a God consciousness. But, you know, like with a compass, if you take a magnet or some outside influence, it can make that compass lie. It makes it give a, a wrong north. So to me, uh, you know, that relationship we have with the Lord, the Bible, reveals the true Jesus. Let God speak for himself. Be careful who you listen to. Uh, the reason I wrote those devotions was to reset your spiritual compass. Jesus is true north. Uh, my, my grandparents were both on farms in Arkansas. My parents were raised on the farm. And I remember my grandmother Miller would uh, grow these beans and strawberries, lots of things. But she had this patch right outside the, the farmhouse there. And uh, I never knew what they were, but she called them pole beans. And uh, I remember one time her describing to me, she said, the reason we have to put a pole there for pole beans is they will produce beans no matter what. But if you don't put a pole, the nature is they they grope for a pole and they will wind around that and that will cause those beans to produce tremendous amount if you give them a pole. And uh, that kind of paints a picture for me that in even in a person's life, if you don't have a pole, you don't have a a true north. Mm. Uh, there are going to be storms. There are going to be things that are going to rock you. Uh, divorces happen just like in, uh, in your life. Yeah, it's functional. You can live a life like that and God can bless, but it's not optimal. And so to have a, a time with the Lord, to involve yourself in a community of believers, we're not an island and we don't do well by ourselves. And if the Lord's in control in our lives, he's always, you know, the Holy Spirit in us is always pushing us to be with other believers. And that true north helps you discern whether or not you're hearing truth, whether or not you're seeing it lived out right. And so it's a give and take every day. But uh, I would say, be sure that every day you you reset that spiritual compass. Make sure Jesus is your true north and not somebody, some preacher, some person. We live to please him and not one another. Amen. <laughs> I thank you so much, Pastor Etzel, for being on today and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with all of us. And I encourage everyone to check out the show notes. Uh, there's a link there to uh, reset your spiritual compass. And that is a best selling book right now. And I appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you, Ruth. I appreciate it.